2: Good morning, football. We're live in New York City. Happy Monday, January 10th. That 272nd game was played, and it was a doozy. Welcome to our breakfast table. My name is Kay. Kyle Brand, Peter Schrager, Super Bowl champion Sean O'Hara.
3: Top of the morning to you. What's up, buddy? Top of
2: the morning. To Some
3: extra football last night. Oh, that's a boy. We
2: did. We had a wild week 18 in general. On the AFC side, everyone, the Jags upset the Colts in the one o'clock window. The Steelers took down the Ravens in overtime, which set the stage for the Chargers Raiders last night's season finale of the regular season. And it was win and in. Tie would mean they both get in. So that was the story and the narrative all weekend leading up to this one. And without further ado, highlights for breakfast.
4: Come on now, baby. This is a fairy tale. Surely it would never end in a tie. K laid it out. If these two teams tie, they both get in. It means the Steelers don't get in. Justin Herbert, the young gunslinger, Derek Carr has never played in a playoff game. Raiders take the lead going into halftime. Y'all ain't seen nothing yet. Believe me, this is just the appetizer. Third quarter. This is when things start to get weird. The Chargers are going to go for it in fourth one from their own 18-yard line. And they lose two yards. It was the worst fourth down attempt of the season. Say what you want about the decision. It had no shot as good as Eckler was. Stuffed. Stuffed. Fourth quarter now. This is when we get good. Five seconds. This is the last play of the game. If they make a stop, they're going. If they tie it, it's Bedlam. Touchdown! The fastball in the end zone to Mike Williams, Herbert, at triple zeros. They go to OT. Now, the, the Raiders get a field goal early. So 32-29, under five to play, gotta have this one. Guys, we're tied. Knowing
5: the Chargers kicker's history, like I was like, all
3: right, they're winning this
6: game.
3: They made it. Chargers fans didn't trust that.
4: 32-all, there's a sign that says, take the tie. Remember, once again, if they tie, they're both in the playoffs. Now this is really weird. The Chargers call a timeout as the clock is winding down. Herbert right there says, I never wanted a tie so bad. They give it to Josh Jacobs on the third and four after the timeout. He makes a really nice run for ten yards to make it a considerably closer field goal. Again, if if they stop right now, they're going to the playoffs. They don't even need to kick it, but that would eliminate the Steelers. For the win, good! Raiders in, Chargers out, Steelers in. Game of the year, week of the year. Mass hysteria, 35 to 32, a lot to unpack from this, but everybody this morning is talking about Brandon Staley calling a timeout, and here are all of the principals involved on their thoughts on that timeout and what it did to them.
6: You know, I've been waiting for eight years to make the playoffs, and I made it in 2016, but I didn't get to play, and then I made it this year, and... Anyone chasing worldly things, you know, I, trust me, I've been waiting and praying for some things. You know, I want to make the playoffs. I want to try, you know.
1: We're certainly talking about it on the sideline. We want to see if they're going to call a timeout or not on that run. They didn't. So we thought they were thinking the same thing. And then we popped the run in there and gave us a chance to kick the field goal to win it. So
6: we're certainly talking about
0: it. Yeah, we needed to get into the right grouping. We felt like they were going to run the ball. So we wanted to get our best 11 personnel run defense in, make that substitution so that we could get a play where we would deepen the field goal. We, you know, we obviously didn't execute well enough, but we wanted to get our premium one back run defense in here. And that's what we did.
2: All right, Kyle said it. We got a lot to get into with this one, but first, let's set the stage. Insane way to end the 2021 regular season. Now the playoff matchups for Super Wildcard Weekend are locked in, cemented, permanent marker. Whiteout doesn't exist. This is it. The matchups on Saturday: it's Raiders, Bengals in Cincinnati, Patriots, Bills. Part three. That's that'll be a beautiful game on Sunday. Eagles, Bucks, Niners, Cowboys. Then Steelers, Chiefs. On to Monday night to wrap it all up. It is an NFC West showdown between the Cardinals and the Rams. But it all starts with those Raiders. And congratulations to them, of course. Incredible season finale. Couldn't have drawn drawn it up better uh, for game 272. But, Schrags, that timeout really is what everybody's talking about.
5: Yeah, let's break it down a little bit further because Kyle did a great job in the highlight. But to set the context, the Raiders were up by 15 points. The Chargers come all the way back. They needed freakish things to happen in the early window. It's all there for him, and with 38 seconds left to go, it appears to me, as the viewer, and from what I'll hear, the Raiders were quite all right just letting that clock tick out. Brandon Staley calls a timeout. The explanation he gives is that he wanted to get the right grouping in, but I'm not so sure, so certain the Raiders were even going for anything here. Are they going for the jugular? I don't know, we may never know. But Rich Passaccia said once Staley called a timeout and almost challenged the Raiders and said, what you got? Step into the ring. What you got? The Raiders were not going to just settle for a knee. And the Raiders decided, let's run the ball one more time. And whatever the grouping was, it was ineffective. Didn't work. And then Carlson comes out and hits the game-winning field goal to send the Raiders. What are we doing? Because at the very least, if you don't call timeout, the Raiders are looking around. They've got to make a play, and then you can live to fight the next down and see. By calling a timeout, you give the Raiders an opportunity to collect themselves, say, okay, how do we want to handle this? Look, Brandon Staley, when he was going fourth and, and down, fourth down all season long, we were praising him. Analytics people love them. We love his aggressive nature. It's what we want. He said, bring all the smoke when it doesn't go right. Mm-hmm. Here's the smoke. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that timeout changes the course of the 2021 NFL season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. only the Chargers, mm-hmm. but for the entire NFL.
3: Mm-hmm. I know we're all going to focus on that timeout, out, and, and it did feel like, for anybody that has a brother, you know, when you're kind of wrestling with your brother, and one of you has got somebody in a headlock, and you're like, alright, you give up, you give up, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good, and then as soon as they let go up a little bit, you start fighting again. Yeah. No, I, like you said uncle, and it had that feel to it. The Raiders ran the ball twice right before that, so they were already in their, hey, we're going to run defense as well, so people are going to question that, as well as, all year long, Kyle, you talked about going for two. They, they they had gone for two all year long, yep. and then they kicked his point going to go into mm-hmm. overtime. So I thought, hey, here, here's his chance to just go into regulation. Right you, got, you thought maybe go for two? I thought he was going to go for it. Um, I, think he, I think he made the right move by going to extra football because the way Herbert was playing is phenomenal. But this game, I mean, how can you not be excited for Derek Carr? And look, from a stat standpoint, Justin Herbert stole the show. And the fact that he's not in the playoffs, I think we all feel a little bit cheated Mm -hmm. as NFL fans. But for Derek Carr to get his first playoff game and to get it the way that he did, the stats don't really show how big of a game Derek Carr had. He made some unbelievable throws. He he scrambled around, made some big-time plays with his legs, too. Some of his biggest throws really were taken away because of the penalties. You showed Mm -hmm. him on the highlights, the personal fouls. Mm -hmm. But I, I think this Raiders defense showed something. Chris Collins were talked about how tired the Chargers' wide receivers yeah. were. Their tongues were dragging were us in the game. Fourth down, fourth down. Think about trying to cover those guys. This Raiders defense showed some toughness, and Max Crosby just kept coming. No, no. He kept bringing the heat, kept bringing the heat. He was in, his, in Herbert's
4: face all game long. Well, he was awesome. What
2: are your thoughts on this timeout?
3: It, it was nuts. It was really unusual,
4: and and I just want to say I've never had more fun in my life on a Sunday <laughs> of football. It was so good, and that includes my childhood. Anything <laughs> like watching the '85 Bears as a six-year-old? I've never had more fun. I can't believe it came down to that. We talked for a week about this fantastical fantasy of what if they tied. Do you understand the things that had to happen for to get to that? Situ- it wasn't just that the Jaguars were fifteen point underdogs who won by 15 points, it's a little weird. Mm-hmm. It's just a million things in that game, a missed two-point conversion. They're down 12 in the fourth quarter. They're down 12, it's not gonna be, a t- it was a tie. And I think what you're saying about Brandon Staley, about I want to get the right personnel group, it totally makes perfect sense as a football explanation. All I can say is if you were watching the game, there was something intangible going on where it felt like the Raiders were gonna tie. They call a timeout and there is five seconds of silence on NBC and Collinsworth just goes, what? He had no idea what to say. It's because if you didn't see it, you're like, well, yeah, you wanna get your, your linebackers in there and defense tackles. No. Clock was there ticking. was something about the clock and the Raiders and their body language and their mm. conduct where they're like, we're chill, we're good. And something about calling that timeout slapped them in the face. And it was kind of that thing we talked about last week, the prisoner's dilemma, yeah. where all of a sudden, I don't think the Raiders trusted the Chargers that they were cool. So if they're saying, whoa, 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 if you just blinked and you're you're calling the time, now we're going to win. We were going to chill. Mm-hmm. And we'll both go, and we'll hug each other, and we'll see each other in the playoffs. It, it was reading the room. Something watching the game on the broadcast, at home, and certainly on the Raiders. Did you see Herbert on the sideline? I've never wanted a tie so bad in my life. Mm-hmm. Carr explicitly said after the game that timeout changed our approach. It was a fascinating psychological duel going on where all the football says, okay call time get your yeah. defense ready. Not watching at home. Watching at home, said, "Guys, don't blink and let's both go to the playoffs." And the Chargers blinked.
2: And Peter specifically moves Michelle Tafoya, who asked Derek Carr, "Did it impact the offense and strategy?" His quote: "It definitely did, obviously, mm. but we knew no matter what, we didn't want to tie. We wanted to win the football game."
6: Yeah,
5: and they did. And at the end, once they blinked, Kyle, they did it. And like, you know, after the game, Austin Eckler's talking afterwards to one of the Chargers players, and they caught the clip and was told, hey, we were going for the tie, and was uh-huh. like,
2: ah! Oh my gosh.
5: You're right. If you watch it back, and I'm sure we'll run this game a million times on NFL Network this week, like, the Raiders were in no rush to get to the line, to try to get a, to get to field goal position. They were taking their sweet time, they are taking time off the clock, and the second the Chargers said timeout, it was like, alright, we're on. If you want to do that, let's go. Let's go. It was the
3: craziest game. <laughs> well, not just Ever. the timeout. Ever. Because l- l- we-, we had to point out, <laughs> if they don't get that 10-yard run by Josh Jacobs, that's they're not right kicking after. the field goal. Yeah. He's punting it. So yeah. the fact that's, that Josh that's Jacobs the conversation. got we that should be having
2: works. timeout, whatever, bad call, bad decision. The Chargers had an entire season to fix the run defense, and they didn't do it mm-hmm. at all. This has been a terrible run defense, sorry, through and through with a team I really like, but it ultimately costs them in the biggest <clears throat> spot, in my opinion.
3: Regardless it's, of personnel. Yes,
2: yeah, regardless of personnel get the right and timeout. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> all right. Let's bring in Ian Rappaport more on this game. Of course, we'll set your playoff pictures. We've got lots of ins and outs. How did the Colts lose to Trevor Lawrence? That somehow happened, and the blue chip stock that Kyle buys into, and the Steelers still alive in the playoff picture. But, Ian, what is the latest? What's happening in Seattle is, of course, a Monday four-hour show here on Good Morning Football to keep our eyes on any moves that might be made.
7: Yeah, of course, Kay, as we know, when the day the season ends is is when the ownerships and and those in charge have some tough decisions to make. No, Pete Carroll's not going to get fired because of his one-loss record, one of the best coaches in the NFL. But they are working with uh, Jody Allen, a new owner, uh, essentially new owner, the sister of the late Paul Allen, who has a decision to make and has kept it very under wraps. From what I understand, what Seattle wants to do is get together and look at what they plan to do for the future, get with General, General Manager John Schneider, get with Coach Pete Carroll and talk about what are their plans, what are their visions for moving forward. If everyone is on the same page, then they should be fine moving forward uh, and figure out what to do with Russell Wilson. Mike Carroll said they do not plan to trade him, but of course, they will talk about that. If they're all on the same page, they'll be good to go. If they're not on the same page, and certainly Seattle may have an interesting decision to make, Kay. Eh?
2: something we've got our eyes on all day. What do you do with Russell Wilson? What do you do with the contract of Bobby Wagner going into next year? And Pete Carroll on his own, who has 119 wins, the most in Seahawks history. And it was his first losing season since back in 2011.
6: I just hope, guys, really, this offseason, just take the time and just realize what we had in front of us and let this feeling, you know, just burn through their heart and go out and have the best off-season possible and just train to be the best. And, you know, just outwork absolutely everybody. That's that's the mindset that I'm going to tell the guys on whenever whenever I can, you know, just attack the off-season just like you attack the season. So then when the season comes, you know, we can hit the ground running and we can rock and roll. Don't have a slow start and hopefully next this year, next year, whatever, when we get back out there, you know, we have an opportunity to go out and um, perform. We got to perform up under pressure or whatever it is. Uh-huh.
2: I feel for Darius Leonard. He's a friend of the show. We watched him on hard knocks in season. Such a leader on that defense and on that team. And their future, their destiny was in their hands and their hands alone in terms of the Colts and what they could do against the Jags. Trevor Lawrence, a coach that was fired, gone, interim coach. How did they lose to the Jags, Kyle? <laughs>
4: it's crazy. It's, it doesn't make any sense. It's this. If it's what this Colts team has been through with missing players and on and on. Leonard was out there. Taylor was out there. Nelson was out there. They had all their guys and they were 15-point favorites and lost by 15 points. If you've watched Hard Knocks, even if you haven't, you know that this team buys in. That This wasn't some flimsy team that's wavered. No, they were locked in and ready for the playoffs, and they got hammered, and the real shame of it, I think, as far as the Colts go, is that like there's been real progress this year with the whole Carson Wentz thing. Big talented guy who no one really believes in and is mentally about this big, he had made huge leaps and bounds on that. And then just 50 steps backwards, and now the whole offseason is you can't trust Carson Wentz and he's got nothing between the ears. That's a huge shame. And I can't believe what I saw.:
5: Yeah. Christopher Maltesante made huge leaps and bounds, too. And then at the end of the day is Christopher Maltasante <laughs> had that's an a, intervention.: That's a soprano's reference, guys. This is what he is. This is what Carson Wentz is, and in the biggest moment, we need most. He was terrible yesterday, and I hate Probably. saying it like picking on him personally, but this is our job, and if you're a Colts fan this morning, you're wondering what the heck happened.
4: Peter, was this him sitting on Cosette, the dog? This, this is it? a terrible moment. Sitting on a
5: dog on a couch. It was, how can we be nice to him? <laughs> oh, yeah. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. That's we shouldn't. it. That's what I'm
3: saying. We shouldn't. Yeah. What are we doing? You're, you're going Sopranos here. I'll go Chaz Palmin, Terry, Bronx Deal. Is Carson okay. Wentz the mush? Do we need to put him uh, in the bathroom? Uh-huh. Because you've got the NFL's leading rusher, Jonathan Taylor, right now, and he's going to be sitting at home watching the playoffs. That shouldn't happen. I got And look, Carson Wentz, not just the turnovers he got eaten alive in the pocket, the sacks. This offense was tough to watch. If
2: you're waking up as a Jags fan, though, I don't think there could have been a better day in all of Duval. You take down a divisional opponent, you knock them out of the playoffs, you still have the number one pick next year. And your quarterback that you drafted looked like your franchise guy last night. So lots to be excited about. We've got playoff pictures after this insane finish in Vegas last night. I'm not the first person that's ever said that, right, Kyle?
0: Not the first.
2: Good morning, football. We are here. We are live. It's New York City on January 10th. my name is Kay Adams. Thank you for choosing us. So much breaking news. Highlights from yesterday. We, of course, have your playoff pictures set. And cemented. We've got breaking news to get to. Kyle Brandt, Peter Straker, Super Bowl champion Sean O'Hara, and we bring in the insiders. Ian Rappaport, Tom Pellicero, both joining us. And I guess, gentlemen, we should kick it off in the NFC North. Breaking news, Bears fire Matt Nagy, GM Ryan Pace, also out in Chicago. Brian Flores out in Miami.
7: Ian, where would you like to begin? Well, we'll start with the Chicago Bears. This was an expected move that Matt Nagy would be out. It certainly seems at peace with this decision, and he's not. No dummy he knew this was coming i think a lot of people knew this was coming but what maybe we did not know what was coming was a full house cleaning for these chicago bears it is not just matt nagy who is out it is also general manager ryan pace who of course also drafted justin fields the quarterback they believe is the quarterback of the future now and some new general manager new head coach we inherit a pretty good situation in Chicago. If you believe in Justin Fields, if you think he is a franchise quarterback, certainly this is a place to be with not a first round draft pick for next year, but a lot of talent currently on the roster, plenty of time to go over that, but a full house cleaning in Chicago and then a big-time surprise in Miami. We've known for some time that there's been tension between a general manager, Chris Greer, and head coach Brian Flores. Just was not sure which way it was gonna go, and I know the two sides, or we thought, had gone a long way over the past couple weeks to smooth things out and work on the relationship. In the end, no, Flores is out. He is officially done as the Miami Dolphins head coach, and Chris Greer stays as the general manager. If you look at Flores, his record is good. Uh, this is a very respected coach in the NFL. I would not be surprised if he garners significant, significant interest in this coaching cycle. Considered to be one of the better young coaches in the NFL. Perhaps it was some of the relationships in Miami. Stephen Ross has a history of moving on very, very, very quickly. And Tom, in this case, uh, he did it with a surprise this morning.
1: That's right, Ian. And- That was not the only surprise that we had today. The Vikings fired not only head coach Mike Zimmer, but also general manager Rick Spielman. It is a full blow-up in Minnesota. Spielman had been with the Vikings organization for 16 years, basically the entire time that owners Ziggy and Mark Wilf had owned the team. Mike Zimmer had been there the past eight seasons, had made a couple of playoff runs, but missed the playoffs five times in those eight years. At this point for the Vikings, they're at an inflection point. They also have a decision to make going forward on their quarterback, Kirk Cut, who's entering the final year of his contract. They have some good young talent to build around, guys like Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson that will be alluring, but of course a quarterback decision that the new person in charge, the new head coach and general manager will have to decide on. So Minnesota resetting, Chicago resetting, half of the NFC North K looking for both a coach and a general manager as we head through this week.
2: Big quarterback questions looming there in Minnesota, an attractive vacancy for a coach because it's obviously a reset and he might have some say in the GM choice up there. Their houses cleaned in the NFC North. Shregs. Mm-hmm. what do you make of it? Six coaching vacancies. Yeah. If you include the Raiders, and you should on a technicality.
5: Yeah, on a technicality because they haven't interviewed anybody else yet, but they haven't hired Rich Bisaccia for next season. So you could include the Raiders, and I think the Raiders play a role in this whole thing because Harbaugh's name started popping up this weekend when it was connected to the Raiders' job. Now, I want to go back to Miami, Kay, mm-hmm. because I look at, at Brian Flores, and I, I see a guy that Ian mentioned very wisely is going to get head coaching interviews. And last time Miami fired a coach, it was because of the relationship between the head coach and the owner. And it was Adam Gase. And then Adam Gase was the first, And then the Jets were like, gosh, he just won a bunch of games with the Dolphins. He went to the playoffs. We'll gobble him up. Flores is going to get interviews. And I think Flores is going to be suddenly a very attractive interview candidate because young defensive minded and got the most out of a team that I don't think had a lot going on on offense this year I'm not carrying the water for Brian Flores as you probably can imagine Brian Flores like all the Belichick guys do not talk to the media and at the end of the day that kind of stuff might have done him in in Miami where there was a frostiness with the rest of the organization perhaps Mm. or he wasn't the media's best pal and was like hey here's this piece here's that Flores though that guy can coach and Mm -hmm. I feel like Kyle you hit it earlier there might be a little stain on the Belichick tree right now whether it be Patricia how it ended in Detroit McDaniels how it ended in Denver and now Flores three and done no playoffs I said it on Friday Sean McVay's coaching tree with Matt LaFleur and Zach Taylor has more division titles as head coaches than Belichick's and Belichick has about 30 head coaches out there Flores now is a free candidate to coach for another team but Mm -hmm. another Belichick coach Mm -hmm. fired without a division title how about another one
4: you're hearing about what's going on with the Giants right now Joe Judge I know that he's in
5: the building right now, Mm -hmm. and apparently he's meeting with management. I don't know if it's about his job stability or just, hey, here's what I look at next year, but Joe Judge is in the building, as what I'm told at the moment.
4: The Flores one is interesting. He's very well-liked, and there's a lot of supporters for Flores, both in the media and amongst players. 0-6 against the Buffalo Bills just get the doors blown off them every time they paid the bill and the bills are the that's the team it's not New England right now it's Buffalo Bills and it's Josh Allen your third season you started one and seven and he was an admirable comeback you got them to believe but like that, that's small time stuff it really is and I, I celebrated the comeback too until they got their doors blown off again by the Titans and their mm-hmm. season was over that's season three you're supposed to have it all together Chicago also there's a thing when these coaches are replaced you do the post-mortem about what could have been and if you got that bounce or if you got that play just for the sake of Matt Nagy and the- the Ryan Pace regime who are moving on now. Can we just take one second to go back to January in the 2018 season and what might have been the Bears are playing a home playoff game against the Philadelphia Eagles and two things that I'm sure will resonate through Matt Nagy's life for the rest of wow. his uh, sure existence. Kick. Double doink? doink oh. and yeah. doink. Take it away. Parker. They won the division. They beat Aaron Rodgers. They took him out. They were surging. Trubisky was confident they would have played Dallas next week. I don't think it was anything special. That kick goes in. We may not be having this conversation. Just because, and the strength of his long, deep playoff run win coach of the year, that's this league. That's this beautiful league that we celebrated on Sunday night football last night. It's also a kicker goes double doink and now you're out of a job. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's just unbelievable.
2: There's so many other teams that had so much adversity that they face. He had a nice, bright, shiny piece and Justin Fields could have made it happen and they had a mm-hmm. bottom five offense this year. So I remove it from that kick. They should have done better on the field this year.
3: Yeah. Oh my god. You go from, from the you go from the double doink on the field goal post post to now the double doink of the coach and the GM. Right. And You know what? Matt Nagy didn't all of a sudden stop coaching or didn't forget how to coach or he was coaching the, the same scheme the same stuff and it just didn't work it doesn't mean Matt Nagy is not a good coach anymore look he could still coach his butt off look at some of the games they won here down the stretch when things don't work out and it's not a great fit change is inevitable and you know I think when you look at the Bears and you look at the when they went out and drafted Justin Fields this was a trial run and it was based on what does Justin Fields look like the first eight weeks of the season and what does he look mm-hmm. like the second eight weeks. Rough. If there was any kind of progress, if there was anything to cling to, I think maybe this is a different story right now. But Would you
4: say, like, Sean, what get you hard gets you fired? Like in the case of Mike Zimmer, they couldn't play yeah. defense. The Bears' offense was awful. There you go. Awful. Year mm-hmm. after year. It, if they lose 38 to 35, fine. They can go up and down the field. Matt Nagy's an offensive mind who
5: they could not score points. That's why he's not there. I also think in the last couple of years, in the cycles, there haven't been a lot of GM jobs open that GMs have been able the Minnesota and Chicago GM jobs are very interesting, and those are two franchises, the, sh- the Bears especially, that are like, the owners have been there forever, the president is on for another regime, like Ted Phillips has been there forever. Will one of these teams hire outside the box as far as a GM goes? And what I mean by that is, not just the s- traveling scout from this team, Not a- is there going to be someone who says, all right, I'm going to do what the NBA does, and we're going to hire someone who's an analytics person? Mm-hmm. Or, Trust the process. Or I'm going to hire someone that, I don't know, has never worked in the NFL before, but has run a CEO as a CEO of a very positive company that has done a lot of great things and is forward-thinking. I don't know if that's the Bears' mo. Mm-mm. Vikings, the Wolf family. I, I don't know if that's their mo. They're a very traditional family too. But like, I wonder if we stop because I think Kevin Clark in the Ringer had a really good article this week about the GMs, like, why is it always the same names, the same voices? Why have there not been those outside-the-box kind of hires in 2022, yeah. when sports, we have so much more data, so much more information, that maybe a big swing would actually I would love yeah. to it's see like Chicago like John do F- that, oh.
2: but I would be shocked. To me, like, that's not Chicago. Chicago's like, let's go for, And I don't know if this is the wrong choice, the tenured, experienced, pedigree. We have Scott Pioli on our show. I would think Chicago would be, you know, more, in, in my opinion, yeah. from what I know historically, they'd be more interested, but I do like that they, to- I love Ryan Pace, but they tore off the band they
4: not like the reset all right so big doings in the nfc north uh, the bears don't have their coach anymore or their gm which means the longest tenured head coach in the nfc north is matt LaFleur. wow matt LaFleur, because mike zimmer is also gone and their gm is gone um, the bears took care of business and their front office if you want to call it that and the packers did it on the field early and then lost to the lions late but they already took care of their business early in the season because they're number one seed and they have a bye. Since Rodgers owns the Bears, does he get input? It, it, it might be, Sean. It could be. It's pithy, Sean.
2: Lions win, Jags win, draft order stays the same. Trevor Lawrence, impressive performance to leave a nice taste in the mouth for Jags fans uh, excited about the future. The franchise quarterback looked good. We'll see what the coaching situation looks like. One of six moving vacancies that we have and maybe growing. we we'll have our eyes on it all day here on Good Morning Football. Time for our GMFB Game Balls. We give them out every week, mm-hmm. and this is no different. <coughs> 18 weeks in the season, kind of weird, but who is your top performer?
4: T.J. Watt, the pass rusher for Pittsburgh Steelers, who are going to the playoffs and who tied Michael Strahan's record for sacks in a single season. This is historic. And here's what I feel good about with this T.J. Watt thing. You don't have to do the asterisk. He did not play 17 games. He played fewer than 17. He played fewer than 16. He did this in uh, a necessary amount of games to tie Michael Strahan, which you don't have to hang some big asterisk on. it. And you know what? If anything has an asterisk after all these years, Michael Strahan did no wrong, I'm still putting one on this. Michael Strahan's sack was absurd. Brett Favre at the end of the game, who to this day BS's through his teeth and saying, well, I had an option to keep on that play, and da-da-da, he won't confess that this is the fact that he gave Strahan the sack. Strahan's talked openly that this is actually a burden that it happened this way because it wasn't his fault, So I don't blame Strahan at all, but the point of this all is rewarding T.J. Watt. It is a good, clean record, which if you ask me, you hold single-handedly, and you get in in the game when you're going to the playoffs. So T.J. Watt, have a day. That was awesome.
3: Yeah, it was phenomenal. And I mean, they were chipping T.J. Watt all day long. They were. Tight ends with running backs, and he still found a way to get to the quarterback. He actually had another sack in that game that they took away, so he should actually hold the the Mm -hmm. record outright. I'm going to give a game ball to Tom Brady. Look, I I think I said earlier on the show today, Tom Brady has a totally different standard. Of excellence, and we kind of hold him to a, a higher regard than other people. He throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns, and we're just like, Yeah, you know, a normal mm-hmm. day at the office. Look, he's no Chris Godwin, no AB, he's he's lost Leonard Fournette, no Rojo, and yet he's still out there wheeling and dealing. All of a sudden, Gronk has an unbelievable game, and it just, it just doesn't matter. You know, like Tom Brady out there at 44 years old. Threw more passes this season, K, than any quarterback in the NFL. So don't tell me age and, hey, mm-hmm. you know what? His arm is, is diminishing as the season goes on. He hit the wall. There is no wall with Tom Brady. And he threw for 5,000 yards again. There's only two quarterbacks that have done that multiple times, he and Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. And to throw for that many yards, he threw 150 more passes than Aaron Rodgers this season. And at mm-hmm. his age to do that, there is no decline right now. He continues to get better. So your MVP um, is what you're saying? We should get MVP? I think he should get MEP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, absolutely. There's absolutely an argument for it, a case for it. Look, Aaron Rodgers is, is, is going to get some votes as well. But when you look at Tom Brady, the fact that he's out there, he doesn't miss games, he doesn't get hurt. Uh, you have to take that into account, too. Your availability is just as mm-hmm. big as your ability.
2: They've got a date with a plant named the Eagles. Oh, ah, Rudy? The wild card oh, yeah. weekend. Ru-T. All right, I want to talk about Ryan Tannehill, who's set to have this prolific season. I stood up there at that, there at that big board and said, top five fantasy season. He's got A.J. Brown and Julio. And, yes, Ryan Tannehill has struggled in moments. But when this team needed him, he had his best game. And he showed up. Biggest moment of the season. They want to lock up the one seed. They want to give Derrick Henry an extra week to rest. And boom, 287 yards, four touchdowns. Critical throws down the stretch to fend off the Texans, and they valiantly stormed back into that game. Credit to the Texans for putting up a great fight for Cully and company down there. But if this is the Ryan Tannehill that is going to show up in the postseason, I think this is the scariest team in the AFC. Talk
5: about mm. it, Kay. All right. You're ter- talk I about mean, it. I'm not
2: going to shake your hand. No, you? She's, she's going there. Time, maybe. I've been, I said I'll
5: show. I've been looking for that person on television, in print, anywhere who's going to come out boldly and say, "I believe the Titans are going to win the Super Bowl." The AFC Super Bowl. I haven't met so It's a one seed. It's always a one seed. It should be, right? Right, right field? Hasn't happened. I'll, uh-huh. I'll shake another person's hand. How about Jimmy Garoppolo? Hey. And he might have to do Just it. Don't squeeze it. Like this, because of the, the yeah. evulsion fracture he was dealing with. Jimmy gets my game ball for overcoming so much in this game. First a 17-point deficit, that's one thing. Then you add in the injury. Then you add in that maybe the world's greatest left tackle, Trent Williams, is out for this one, and Jimmy finds a way. That final drive down 24 to 17 with two minutes left to move his team 90 yards, hit Debo, hit Juwan Jennings, and find a way. Gosh, Jimmy Garoppolo showed everybody watching at home, in a nationally televised audience, this guy still has what it takes. They didn't put Trey Lance in once. All week it was, you're going to see a bit of Trey Lance and oh, maybe yeah. Jimmy. It was Jimmy from the go, and gosh, was he clutch. I've got Jimmy Garoppolo as my game ball, and what a performance. Uh, and they go to the playoffs.
2: We've got lots going on here. Those are our game balls. We've got vacancies growing as we look at the mm-hmm. list. We've got the Jags. Of course, we knew that we were on there, but mm-hmm. now we have Chicago. It's official. No Nagy. No Ryan Pace there. A surprise GM firing up in Minnesota. Zimmer, his time there, looked different done Over this course of the season, but Spielman, uh, that was unexpected.
5: Yeah, 16 a- years there. Surprise! Uh, I think Flores, Spielman are big surprises this morning, and that just shows you why you watch NFL Network because in breaking real news time, we've got Tom Pelissero and Ian Rappaport on it, and we might not be done. We've
2: got much more of this up ahead. I'm gonna get back to your Flores Belichick tree
5: okay, let's idea. Do
2: it. I like that. And guess what? We're here for a whole other hour, an extra bonus hour of Good Morning Football, leading you into NFL Now firings. We got you.
6: Obviously, all I'm thinking about is I'm excited. I'm thinking about the next team we got to play, and that everything hurts. You know, like once I think I can get some sleep and wake up in the morning, maybe it'll hit me then. But I just have this weird feeling in my heart, like you know, the job's not done. Like my favorite player, Kobe said, "Job's not done." It does feel good. It's exciting. But I didn't. I don't set out to just make the playoffs. Although it's been <laughs> since 2016, right? And I didn't even get to play. It feels cool. It's awesome. But you know, our goals. You know, this is one of them. But there was more after that too.
2: Tell him what he's won, Bob, in a trip to Cincinnati to take yep. on the Bengals. That's the Raiders matchup for Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, Patriots-Bills, Part 3. And then on Sunday, Eagles-Bucks, Niners, cowboys Steelers-Chiefs. Monday night, to wrap it all up, an NFC West showdown. That would be your cardinals And your Rams, if we focus, gentlemen, on the NFC side of things, is there a matchup that sticks out to you on Super Wild Card Weekend? Let's start with you, Peter.
5: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Monday night one, the first Monday night one. Now, Martin Luther King Day is next Monday. Everyone is going to either be home from work or is going to be waiting for this football game at night. The tension will be building. And sure enough, you're going to have two quarterbacks, Kyler and Stafford, who the big rap on them is that they can't win the big one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Kyler, yesterday, they win a division if he just beats a Seahawks team playing for nothing. Couldn't get it done. Stafford, yesterday, eliminates the hated 49ers and is able to uh, say, hey, I finally got over the hump and beat this team if it... Lost. Coming off two devastatingly uh, confusing, confounding losses. Both teams at home... The 49ers and the, the Cardinals and the Rams now kind of limp into this playoff game. Like it, I am fascinated to see what version of both teams we get. And then you go to the coaches. Two young coaches, two hot shot coaches, two coaches who have a long history together. McVay owned Kingsbury the first two years of Kingsbury's career, and then Kingsbury went into LA and gave the Rams the business earlier this season. If Kyler's healthy, watch out. If Stafford's healthy, watch out. I can't wait for this, and I'll to say this. I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is playing another football game in this play. It's a a huge thing, I think they have to overcome that. Mm. I think J.J. Watt might though, like the Cardinals, I don't think it's magically gonna happen. It might have to come down to Kyler finding sure. a way on the road. And if you want to see who can win the big game, mm-hmm. this is going to be mm-hmm. it. Monday night, last one of the wild card weekend.
3: Mm-hmm. The way this season's gone for Arizona, you know what's coming down to Kyler at the end of the game. He's got to pull some co- sort of rabbit out of his hat. I'm going to go with the 1 o'clock game on Sunday, and it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, talk about it. History uh, would suggest that Tom Brady does not want to face an NFC East opponent in the playoffs. <laughs> right. Call it a hunch. <laughs> okay. But when you look at these two offenses, two total different styles, right? I mean, the Eagles, ironically, a bird that likes to fly, they actually like to keep it on the ground. They want to run the football, and my question really is, Jalen Hurts didn't play last week, Mm -hmm. and they got thumped by the Dallas Cowboys, but at some point, Jalen Hurts, you're going to have to throw the ball. You're going to have to try to find a way to keep up with Tom Brady, and I have yet to see it. He hasn't thrown for over 300 yards since week four, And, and I think When you look at what Tom Brady is doing right now, we almost have a totally different standard of excellence for Tom. Like, he throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns, and we're like, eh, yeah, yeah, no big (laughs) deal. Like, he threw for 5,000 yards this season. That guy right there went off Gronk, and yet we just kind of like, yeah, that's just Tom. That's just what he does. So, this is, uh, I think this is a tough draw for Philly, but I think this is going to be a fun game. I I think, no doubt, it's going to come down to the wire. Despite all the things I just said about them offensively, I think that this Eagles defensive front, they could make things interesting for Tom. Mm
4: Mm-hmm. Led the NFL in completions, Tom Brady. Had a career high in passing at 44. <laughs> There's a great moment yesterday where Arians comes over and says something to Brady at the end of the game. Brady goes, hmm, and everybody's memeing it and everything. And one of the funny ones I saw was, hey, Tommy. Eagles just signed Nick Foles. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they did not. They did not. In fact, Nick Foles with the Bears, the season is over. But I'm looking at the late window on Sunday. I'm looking at that little money window. And in the wake of all this incredible, wonderful, and John Madden nostalgia, uh, this one's got me going already. Niners versus Cowboys. You know, they haven't played in a playoff game since the 1994 NFC Championship oh. game. Long that one don't you remember? I'm talking Deion guarding Michael Irvin, Young and Aikman. Like those two logos mean something was that, was going. Is that Madden
3: Summerall? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all it's
4: all it's all like right. it's like the preeminent Madden yeah. Summerall all of our generation but also let's bring it to that's not all about 1994 it's about 2022 I want to see Debo Samuel versus Micah Parsons like let's yeah. go like we, we got two Great call. absolute studs running all over the field against each other we know Debo we know the Debo deal Kay was talking about it last hour and Debo versus Aaron Donald is fine but those are different weight classes wildly different ones yep I want to see that dude against number 11 on the Cowboys playing his first playoff oh. game different styles different deals like Shanahan-McCarthy is like two different worlds to me and two different styles completely. Um, I don't really know what to take from Dallas in that bizarro Saturday game other than Dak looked really sharp against like the Fugazi Eagles. Yeah. And the Niners are in and believing. So the history, the presence, the young talent, the different type of coaches, and the sort of mixed bag of these two teams going into the playoffs together in that late window on Sunday, that's as good as it gets.
3: Shanahan versus Dan Quinn. The defense coordinator for wow. Dallas. Yeah. Oh, Those yeah. two, they yeah. yeah. have a little history there. Oh, yeah. They know each yeah. other a little okay. too well.
2: All right, let's take a look at the AFC matchup for Super Wilds for the weekend. They mentioned the crowd. I think that Raiders Black will travel well to Cincinnati to take on the four-seed Bengals. We got Patriots-Bills round three Sunday night. The Steelers, they're in it, and they impacted this playoff picture in such a big way. They get Mahomes the and the Chiefs at Arrowhead. So these matchups were locked in about eight hours ago. Is there a Super wild card matchup that looks real spicy to you guys right
5: now? Mm-hmm. Sign me up for Raiders-Bengals. I love this game. Yeah. Okay. I love this This Bengals home field deal. It's going to be crazy. Kay, you were there. I mean, I feel like that place is going to be hyped. And I'll sit back and I'll watch this Raiders team. I don't care any week who they're playing, what they're doing, because I want to follow that guy, Derek Carr. Yeah. What a fun story this yeah. is. Two really, really surprising teams. No one had the Raiders doing anything this year before the season. No one had the Bengals going all the way as far as they're going right now. I think that is a really cool matchup of two teams that have surprised all of us and have just continued to win, win, mm-hmm. win
3: when everyone's like, the other shoe's going to drop. No, mm-hmm. it's not. They're going to win. Mm-hmm. Chiefs are hosting the Steelers, and the Steelers almost didn't get in. I mean, if that game ties, mm-hmm. I mean, I uh, would not have wanted to see what the the point looked like in Pittsburgh down there by the stadium because things would have been a mess. But this game, we've seen this before. Week 16, the Chiefs played the Steelers, and it wasn't even close. The Chiefs blew the doors off of them, 36-10. to Mahomes threw three touchdowns. Roethlisberger threw a pick threw one touchdown. But I feel like the Steelers are a different team right now. I feel like they're playing differently defensively. So this is going to be a tall task for for the Steelers' defense and T.J. Watt and company to try to slow down Mahomes and and how good they've been. But I just don't know – at some point, Ben's going to have to find a way to make a, make a play. <laughs>
4: the last throw that Ben had, <laughs> it was like like a Tim Wakefield knuckleball. It, it was unbelievable. I, what was so fun about yesterday, including that game, there were so many divisional games, and it was all this familiarity. With, n- name it. Jaguars, Colts, across the board. Pats, Bills, we have it already. I thought we might get this game. I wasn't sure we get it in the wild card round. I like this game because of the stakes and because of the optics. Buffalo wins this game, and they, they, they beat New England at home and everything. It's like the natural passing of the baton. They're the true rulers of the AFC East. And now it's theirs and everybody's gunning for them. If the Patriots win this Mm -hmm. game, oh my God. Gosh, the horror. Remember, this is in Western New York in Buffalo. Now, they had some home playoff games last year, but it was reduced. It was because of COVID. There weren't a ton of fans there. That's all out. This is going to be the full 70,000, whatever it is. If New England goes in there and with a rookie quarterback wins, then it's like, no, no, no. (laughs) This is still ours. And look, Mac's not been great. There's no reason that Buffalo should not win this game. They should be favored by a touchdown. If they win, they're fine. They're cruising, and maybe they win the whole dang thing. But there's just such a potential for craziness. If Mac Jones is able to go in there for the second time in one season and win, it makes me nervous if I'm a Bills fan. But it also makes me excited to go there and light some bleep they've
2: up. they got <laughs> this weird, do they have Flaming shots. Right, like Belichick is the ultimate yeah. bin there. Yeah. Mac Jones, the ultimate not been there mm. on the NFL level. So they've got an interesting mix, the institutional knowledge. I, know. I just think it's crazy. The Raiders win, put the Steelers, just how it all shook out with the Raiders winning last night. Incredible for them, what they've got going on, what they've been through this year. They got the Steelers in and the Bengals now play the Raiders instead of playing the Patriots. That was mm-hmm. going to be that matchup. Everybody pretty much thought. So going into it and the bills get the Patriots instead of placing, playing the Raiders or the Chargers, which I think is how the fantasy gods and the, and the football gods wanted it.
4: No, out. And yeah. if they would have tied, the Raiders would got happened? the Chiefs so going to Kansas, to Kansas City. City. So that might have played a factor in it, too. <laughs> I like how it shook out. I think raiders Bengals is awesome. Dude, yeah. Okay, You, you go you, to that game? Like, If I, you're the
2: Bengals, did you want the Patriots to come to you, or did you want the Raiders? The institutional knowledge with Mac Jones, okay. or did you want this feisty Raiders squad? Oh, if good you're the question. Bengals, I, I think you would probably prefer the experience, the lack of experience on the Raiders side coming at you, yeah, right? Yeah, probably. You Let's talk turkey. The, this, the
4: end of this week. Anybody picking the Raiders to go to Cincinnati and win? Anybody? I mean, I mean, Bengals have not won a playoff game since 1990. That the Raiders been reeling off playoff wins the last decade? <laughs> <Can't wait. laughs>
3: this is Derek Carr's <laughs> first playoff game in his, his career, right?
4: And wow. Burroughs first. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's awesome. It is uh, really good. I think
3: it's always about when need, you play, guys. The Bengals are playing so good right now. Their offense is, is rocking and rolling, so I don't think they're The Raiders the don't lose. No. Four straight.
6: I know. No.
2: There is breaking news left and right across our league. Coaching vacancies: Nagy officially gone. Mike Zimmer, done with the Vikings. And the biggest surprise on the list: Brian Flores, done in Miami. So with all these moves, two GMs also uh, are removed in the NFC North: Rick Spielman and Ryan Pace mm. for Chicago. What do you think, Shrakes?
5: I want to start with Miami. Stephen Ross is a really <clears throat> successful businessman in American business, and yet. The Miami Dolphins have not had success since Steven Ross took over. And I'm talking real success. So here we are, chapter 10 now. Whether it be Adam Gase to Brian Flores to now who's next. I, I hope the Miami Dolphins get this next one right. I honestly think Brian Flores is a is a really good NFL football coach, but I think they've got to get the next one right. And Stephen Ross, great at business, let's be great at football. Yeah. Let's hire the right
2: guy. When you're dating someone that's, like, really great, sometimes you only break up with him because you know there's somebody really incredible that's willing to date you, so maybe there's something going on mm. there. Because they were in a good, happy relationship mm. back-to-back, like, winning seasons, it was going well. Like, there must be something else out there.
3: Yeah, the Finns have had a rough go of it. I, I think when, when I look at, at all these vacancies, right, Now and everything that's going on. I look at the Minnesota Vikings, and I think, Mm. give me that talented team right there. Mm. I I think if I'm a coach, I can come in, and and I can get you to the playoffs in that first Mm -hmm. year. Kirk Cousins, look, uh, people are torn about him, but give me Dalvin Cook, give me Justin Jefferson, give me Adam Thielen, give me that offensive line. You can win football games, and you can score points with that offense alone, and I I think if you're any head coach right now, you want want to be first. You want first bite at the apple. You want to get in there and say, look, Mm -hmm. I don't care who the GM is. Get me in the door first.
4: Peter made the connective tissue between Jim Harbaugh and the Miami Dolphins. I would bet my life that Jim Harbaugh is not the next Bears coach. The only reason people seem to bring that up is because he played for the Bears. I don't know if people are misremembering remembering what his relationship was. This is not Magic Johnson coming back to coach the Lakers. He, his best football is with the Colts. There is no love in Chicago for Jim Harbaugh, who was a middling quarterback at best. He may be a great coach, but i do not going will be in Chicago.
2: Well, way to dash my dreams of Jim Harbaugh in Chicago. We got to cover tomorrow morning. Stay tuned for NFL Now. Have a good day. Uh, oh, that's not a bad one. Yeah. A pretty nice day.
5: All right.